Hello and welcome to I Wish I Knew That About Songwriting, the show where we bring you tips, tricks and techniques that we wish we knew as young songwriters. On this show we focus on interviews, we focus on resources, subjects you're going to find useful and you can go home and you can use them today. So thank you so much for listening and welcome to the show. It's Callum and this is Jamie on another episode of I Wish I Knew That About Songwriting. So of course we're going to jump straight into it but quickly I wanted to say that Callum and I have been doing a little bit of thinking and we wanted to try and make this show a bit more practical, a bit more focused. So we're going to try out a couple of new segments. Nothing crazy, but we want to make sure that you guys are getting plenty of insight and thoughts that you can take home immediately. So thank you guys so much, like Derek, Tyler, Tom, Maria, Adeline, all of you guys that I've been speaking to or working with and just been giving so much love for what we're doing. So Hannah and I genuinely, we might be quite bravado on the podcast, you know, giving it all that, but we really do appreciate it. And thank you so much. And also Spotify, if you're listening on Spotify, they've introduced a rating system. So if you love what we do and you want to get it to more people like yourselves, just take the time, good or bad, let us know what you think. So Callum, I've taken up the airwaves. How you doing, brother? I'm good, man. How are you? Oh yeah. Ready? Excited. Excited. Playing basketball this morning, getting everything together. Callum and I used to play basketball. We learned. Are you feeling inspired today? Oh, this man's clever. You guys are going to get that joke in about three and a half minutes, depending on how long we get through this next bit. Callum, the newly inaugurated for 2022 song of the day. We've changed it. What's your song of the day, Callum? Hit us up. My song of the day today is When Doves Cry by Mr. Prince Rogers Nelson. Go. I'm in. I heard this recently and it just evoked something in me. Obviously, Prince is a pop god. It's got some, there's some intermingled parental difficulties going on in the song. Maybe I'm just like my father. Maybe you're just like my mother. Um, but interestingly, it does not feature a bass guitar, which helps to create tension and sense, quote, something missing. That's and like, what you mean, like the something's missing, meaning the parental conflict using the bass is like, I think so. Yeah. Wow. That's levels, man. That's Prince. Yeah. And that was a choice he made, I think, quite late in the studio. It had bass, and then he was just, like, listening to it, pulling the fader up, or pushing the fader up, sorry, and then pulling it down. And it was just a very last-minute decision. Obviously, that was a gentle, beautiful creatures. The idea of them crying is tragic. So for me, that's just beautiful imagery. And Dude. I also go recommend listening to Little Red Corvette and Raspberry Beret by Prince, because they're also just great songs. Three songs of the day. There you go, people. Don't tell us that we don't give you content. No, that's really cool, Callum. I love that as well, when you're bringing that up. Um, The idea of using missing elements of the production to assist your lyrical topic and subject. Mm. That's why he's one of the greats. And I wasn't someone that really listened to a lot of Prince, but you cannot deny his impact on, on what we do. So... I'm going to go with a song that's, again, Callum comes up with these amazing classics and I just come up with what I found this week. (laughs) What I found this week, mate. Keeping it relevant. Exactly. No, I doubt it. Um, So I was speaking to an incredible guy called Jay Putty and he's part of Make Pop Music and he's also started his own group on Facebook called The Pitch List. All of these things you can go and check out. But 
we had a call and he was talking to me about the elements of K-pop because he's had one or two K-pop number ones and he's a really, really wonderful guy. And I mean to get him on the show. He's got his own show as well. And he just speaks so well. I really wanted you guys to meet him. But what I did was I went back through some K-pop that's kind of a bit less well-known because he talked about the idea of why K-pop is very different. And I'm not going to go into that hugely, but my song is a song called Make It Right by BTS. And funnily enough, it doesn't adhere to all of the kind of K-pop rules in terms, you know, changing every 15, 20 seconds, new members, all that kind of thing. We'll talk about that another day. But it equally isn't also a straight up kind of dynamite, if you will, with BTS having taken that very Western pop approach. So Make It Right is a really cool one if you want to start moving your way into the kind of K-pop world without losing everything you kind of know about commercial pop and just have a listen, like straight up. You've got this really very cool kind of production hook, like you'll hear it. it sounds a lot better than that but it's kind of warped a little bit and it sounds almost human and what they've done is make it quote unquote cool and i know i sound like a granddad when i say that but the choice of the way they've done it and the very laid-back production structure i thought was really clever and they use this production hook almost like a kind of you know pavlov's dog's kind of bell to tell you the hook's coming and this is the chorus and they kind of just insert it really beautifully um and equally as well if you're looking at the I don't know, is it seven? Let me just count how many members of BTS. One, two, three, four, five, six, seven, seven members of BTS. Wow. <laughs> I would have got shot then if I got that wrong. Um, they have different contrasting characters. So again, that does talk to a little bit what Jay was talking about of how you need to bring contrast not only to your sections. That's what's interesting with this song, but you also have to bring contrast to each of the quote unquote characters, quote unquote members Mm. of the band and they did a really good job of having these it's, it's melodic contrast and melodic mass whatever you want to call it you've got this rap section you've got these sung sections and if you want if you're as confused as me there's a channel on youtube where if you find a translation you can see who is singing at what point what they're singing english translations so there's really cool stuff out there if you want to check it out but make it right not make it better because that's what they sing the song is called make it right by bts nice there we go nice. good stuff man Thank you. Yeah, it's very contrasting to Prince and that blew me away after like, it's so cool. I love the way you do that though, man, because I'm kind of very much in my head about what's happening now. Like we talked about in the New Year's episode, you know, what's this year? It's immediacy, it's TikTok, it's this really cool kind of development. Whereas Callum's got this wonderful way of bringing a perspective to that. Um, and I, I mean to keep going modern and hopefully he'll bring you guys back to the past for these concepts. So Master Callum, do you want to introduce... What we're going to be talking about today is the topic. So today we are talking about something we've talked about on the podcasts previously, but we are going to be diving very deep into it. And that is the inspiration meter. Jamie, do you want to tell our listeners what the inspiration meter is? Oh, of course. You know, I'll talk about anything for hours, mate. So the inspiration meter, we talked about it. I believe this is the probably the third time we talked about it properly on the show. So right at the start, also for our news episode, but the inspiration meter is, think of it like a well. It's full of water. It's not full of water. Depending on the season, you know, you, you're, you're plentiful, you're, you're creating, and it's an analogy for when you sit down to write songs, are you full of ideas? Are you full of an enjoyment, a drive? You know, the creative side of the creative and the critic. Is the creative overflowing with things? You know, is he ready to throw his paintbrush at the wall? Is he got all these wonderful ideas flowing out have you got this kind of people call it the muse but i think you know is your subconscious really primed and ready and full 
That's why I think of it like a, a meter or a well. Um, so I'm going to jump in with how do we fill this up? Because today's episode is the inspiration meter. Cool. We kind of know what that is. If you've been hanging around the show, you have an idea. But let's go with how do we keep it healthy? How do we keep it full? Because writing songs will empty it, as we know. However, number one, watching Netflix with the subtitles on. Great one. Yeah, it's killer. And you might be asking why. So my reason is that I have a wonderful wife who's French. <laughs> and, and, and she has the subtitles on. And part of me, because I'm strange, I was like, oh, it distracts me from what's happening on the screen. But actually, scriptwriters are the heroes, the unsung heroes of, I think, the revolution of Netflix, Amazon, all that kind of thing. Because scriptwriters are very much like songwriters in that they have to condense a huge amount of story, information, all of this into succinct lines, especially if you watch something like The Witcher, where half of them is like one syllable swear words <laughs> or, you know, two hour fight scene. And then, but that means they have to almost be like philosophers, scriptwriters, and they have to go bang. Um, and it links very closely with another point is that when I was writing with one of my heroes, Liam Crombie from the band, We Are The Ocean. I was sat in his house and we were writing for the band Maggie Cassidy. And I was like, dude, this, I, this could not get any better. He's just my hero. I always embarrass him whenever I see him. But what he had was a little list of one-liners. So literally in your notes, I now have a difference. You know, I have lyrics and stuff and I have an old, a whole idea or dump it on there. But also having one-liners, like, like these script writers, these kind of modern philosophers, can you have on your notes just one line that says something, you know, so deep? So lyrical deep diving without going into that, that's what we're doing. So Netflix with the subtitles on. I believe, Callum, you thought... I think this is a great, just a great concept. I mean, um, I'm watching a show right now and I love taking notes on the language that is used because it's almost Shakespearean. As, as Rob mm. would say, it's Hollywood's idea of Shakespearean. Um, as in Rob, Rob, Mr. Smooth White. Yes, correct. You guys need to meet him. I love him. Yeah, go. And the show is called Spartacus, basically Game of Thrones oh. on steroids. And <laughs> an example would be, quote, have you had sight of Doctore? The ludus was his life's blood to lay eyes upon those who have spilled it. It would salt mortal wound, unquote. Perhaps there's no song in there. But the writing <laughs> yeah. is constantly evoking emotion or inspiration, rather. And again, like one-liners, you'll find these one-liners in these shows. And I don't tend to watch them with the subtitles on. But when you brought this up, I thought, yeah, you know, when I hear these one-liners or I hear these great quotes in these shows, I do. I write them down because Hell yeah. you never know when you're going to get a song title in there. You never know when you might get a great song line. So... And it's not plagiarism, right? You know, these people have been paid very well yeah. for their scripts and they'd be more than happy, you know, for you to sit down. And Callum's made a great point is that, you know, if we're just watching unconsciously, because mm. obviously I understand if you want to switch off and just watch Netflix, like whatever. But if you're doing this as an exercise, as a songwriter, or if you have a French partner, um, <laughs> you really benefit. And like Callum's saying, I'm a visual person. So if I'm seeing the white, as much as it distracts me sometimes from Henry Cavill's beautiful jawline, I need to see what it is. And I go, right, okay, that's an idea like Callum's saying. Or for example, Sex Education, which I could talk for hours on how great that show is and why, but 
I remember Isaac was talking to Maeve and one of his lines was, I'm taking my heart off the table. Yeah. And I was like, jeez, dropping bombs. So that is the first one. Secondly, this one is a bit convoluted, so stick with me. But there's a, ki- a songwriter, I won't call him a kid. He's 16. In- incredibly impressive when I met him. His name's Harrison Reese, and he was opening for a show we played in Portsmouth recently. And this kid's 16, and he's getting up on stage, and he's playing these, like, Ed Sheeran-y, John mayer kind of vibes. And I was like, wow, this kid is impressive. He's 16, and, you know, his mum's lovely. I think she manages him at the moment, because literally 16 years old. And he's playing shows. He's got things out. He's in the studio. And I remember I was on a call with, with Harrison, and we were talking because he writes great songs, good singer, guitar, all this kind of stuff. But there's one thing that I think he was kind of missing. And I joked about it because I said, Harrison, you know, what do you write about? He won't mind me saying this, but he said, you know, I, you know, I kind of struggle to come up with lyrical ideas. And I joked, I said, well, you need to get your heart broken, son, because part of the inspiration meter is life experience. And it's not something you can go and buy or acquire quickly. That's why I think if you're a young songwriter listening to this, maybe you will be, maybe you're like me, you're sat at the edge of your bed at 14, writing about that girl that you think is beautiful, that you don't know how to, how you feel about it. Or maybe you sit down like that, or maybe you're like Harrison, where you've got this wonderful talent and skill, but what you need to set off that spark is a bit of life experience. And, you know, he's going to go college, he's going to do this amazing stuff and no doubt he'll have his heart broken or he'll meet some cool people. Um, but yeah, so life experience, going out, seeing things, feeling things, and not only destructive way like John Mayer talks about where he's like, you know, if I if I broke up with my partner, this huge kind of change in your life, I'd have a great album to write about. I'm, we're not prescribing that, but life experience, I think. On that as well, John Mayer has a great quote. The heart breaks for the heart that isn't breaking in times of sadness, unquote. Oh my God. I'm going to process that. Can you expand on that, mate? Because I feel like there's a few levels to that. Mayer describes this as, again, quote, a perfect narrative, unquote. So what's being said isn't exactly what's being felt. Shifting focus to what is being said and not to the person who is saying it. That's really cool. And that kind of speaks to as well. Zane Lowe did an amazing interview with John Mayer and he talked about how John had written these amazing songs, but what he'd done was not sing them as John Mayer, like Callum saying, you know, with all of his Rolling Stone quotes and all these girlfriends, what he did was sat back and served the song so that you put the emphasis, which is what I think Callum's saying, you put the emphasis on the subject and the kind of beauty of what you're trying to say. Mm-hmm. Um, and it, John Mayer is our goal one day to interview him because he is the modern day philosopher, the modern day songwriter. He's a nutter and he has his, his, you know, pitfalls as we all do, but incredible. So I want to rattle through a couple here because I think there's some kind of meatier ones I want to talk to. So poetry. Again, shout out Kim, Kim Castlemaine, who's someone I've been working with. And she wrote and published, I think, three poetry books during lockdown. So shout out to her. And the reason poetry is interesting is because you do have to deep dive. I think of it as, you know, if there's surface lyrics, which we want to kind of avoid as songwriters normally, unless it's a chorus or something like that, then maybe one or two layers deeper is where we want to be hitting those kind of lyrical deep diving aspects. Same kind of level, you know, script writers get to. And I think poetry is at a point where it's almost so deep that 
you don't really get it first time around, which can be a problem with songwriting sometimes because we're listening. However, if you can start writing poetry, and Callum's mentioned Shakespeare, which I believe is poetry and prose in some senses, and if you can get down to that level where you're like, hmm, okay, cool, I'm really in poetry land here. Well, look at yourself. You've gone past deep diving. You've gone past that point of what you want to consciously do as a songwriter. So poetry is a cool way to almost like overextend that deep diving muscle and figure out ways to to go back. And you might find, like Callum's saying, that when you're doing so, you might find a song title and suddenly you're filling up that well of inspiration. So we said films, obviously there's script writing, but also watch a film. There's a story in the film, not necessarily just what the script writer has given you, but look at the narrative, look at the the landscape. Maybe there's a relationship between two characters that you've never thought about, you've never written about. Like we talked about with Harrison, if Harrison's at a point where he currently doesn't have heartbreak, currently doesn't have huge problems, which is cool, right? Maybe he can watch a film where he can put himself empathetically into the shoes of the characters, or it's a series, or it's looking out of the window. It's all this stuff. And I think um, I'll quote a little line from The Witcher before Callum can take over. But Yaskia is talking about the role of a songwriter. And he says, as songwriters, our livelihood, our job is to put ourselves in the shoes of others. Mm. So that's kind of what we need to be doing, I think, there. Yeah. Yeah, get, get in the mind of those that inspire you, I think is really important. And, you know, on top of films, documentaries, another great way yeah. to fill up your inspiration meter, you know, p- find documentaries about people that you aspire to. I watched the, um, recently, I watched the Get Back documentary about the Beatles. Yeah, everyone's telling me about that, man. Yeah. It was just massive for inspiration. <laughs> You know, because it's John, you know, it's Lennon and McCartney. It's these two songwriters that everyone talks about, everyone knows, and you see them sort of in their element. But you see their pitfalls. You see that they weren't always inspired. They were struggling. <laughs> the Titans. Mm. Yeah. And, and that's such a good point. And I want to shout out Derek, um, Derek Tebow as well, Melon Vine. But Derek T is amazing. And he's like you, Callum. He says, Jamie... Jamie, you've got to watch this. That's a horrible Canadian accent. I'm really sorry. Derek's got a beautiful voice. But you're right, man. And and what he said was a really, really fine point, which is why I wanted to bring it up. Literally, before we started this, he said, what was really interesting was to see you have Lennon, who on his own can write incredible things, McCartney on his own, the same, Harrison, all of them. But he says, together, he said, Mm -hmm. seeing them together is where you really understood that these great bands have two or three heads that are just always in it. Um, that's why I want to write, start writing, do some pre-production for this Maggie Cassidy stuff with Derek. And because he's got this great mind and he is able to just throw these things. I can't see, I call it catch up co-writing. It's like, you can't see the catch up on your own chin until you invite someone else into that space to help you. So yeah, I, I kind of, I've taken it on a little bit of a tangent there. So I apologize, but in terms of filling up the inspiration meter, Callum's got it right. There are so many, and, you know, I wanted to add something, I'll do that later, but there are so many things out there that can give you inspiration. Mm. And I wanted to say one example, again, giving a shout out to Ari Kunstler, who I've started working with recently, incredible songwriter, and he uh, he calls himself the Jewish John Mayer. 
kind of funny. He's got this like whiskey bottle with Jewish John Mayer on the front that his friends gave him. So he's a really big, big lover of what we're doing too. But he said something that just really, I just thought, wow, what a great way to fill up your inspiration meter. Well, he does because the projects we're working on are his EPs, his albums, things he wants to put out to, to various communities, to various things. And there's a pressure on him in some ways that he can't say some things or he has to say other things. But what he did, which was brilliant, is what he calls writing without giving a shit. And I remember writing this down because he says he's got a friend who he just writes country with, like kind of Dan and Shay country, but it's not going out. It's not going anywhere. So as soon as you take off the shackles of like the critical mind, quote unquote, where, oh, what are people going to think of this? Like, who's going to hear this? Like, is my production style? Like you can, people just chill out. That's why your inspiration meter might be not only empty, but also you're using up really quickly because you're not allowing yourself to create. You're just constantly criticizing and just chopping yourself down and emptying the well without any products. So shout out to Ari, because if you can find someone that you're friends with or whatever, and you just write for the sake of writing, don't give a shit. Suddenly you're finding, you might bring up your own inspiration, things that you think are great. Um, if you can take the pressure off yourself. Yeah, I think that's great. And listen to, you know, listen to music as well. Something also I took away yeah, yeah. <laughs> from the great, I mean, that's one of the best things to do, you know, listen to the music you love, play the music you love. That was something that I found really interesting again about the Get Back documentary was they were, they showed up every day and even when they weren't writing, they would just go into their own little bubble and they were playing the songs that they played when they were younger and playing every night in in the clubs and in hamburg or whatever yeah berlin exactly yeah. and that's what got, kind of got them pumped and got them wow that's such a good one mm. that's such a good one isn't it and because when you said listen to music i was like oh yeah shit we didn't say that but i guess it feels obvious but playing stuff again like ari's saying without giving a shit like you're gonna oh, i remember this boys and about to go into pre-production with the band as well but i just said if we can all be a room in, in a room because I know some of you listening to this, your songwriters may be on your own, especially during isolation. But if you have the benefit of friends and being in a band, mm. you'll really find that suddenly, like Callum's saying, if you guys can go and go to the gym or have some dinner or play some tunes you think are funny and start communicating and interacting again, you might trip over something that's like, oh, that's a cool idea or this is part of the idea. And um, what I wanted to add was traveling which yeah. is a bit of a sore spot at the moment for people. But for example, I remember being oh, so many places, but it, I was lucky enough to go to Canada when I was about 16. Then when I was a bit older and suddenly if you go somewhere with a slightly different culture, of course, it's not as big of a shock as it is here in France. And that's inspiring in other ways. But I went to Canada and I saw these open spaces, these expanses that you can't even comprehend living coming from a little leafy green town in England or you see the mountains, you see these wonderful, kind people, you go swimming in glaciers, you see ancient kind of forts, and you're like, what the hell is this? Or you wake up to a sunrise over the Saddle Dome, which is an ice hockey arena, and I used to follow the Calgary Flames when I was a kid. You do this stuff, you're like, hold on. Suddenly you're just like almost too full of inspiration to write, and it, it actually, I was quite sad at that time. But stuff like that, I mean, Callum, you've, you've traveled a little bit, hey? Yeah. Yeah, I've been lucky to travel halfway around the world <laughs> yeah if you guys haven't heard yeah he's not from the uk yeah so travel's really key you know go out and experience different cultures i think 
because you never know what you'll trip over. And again, to go back to the Beatles, George Harrison was key to their sort of um, experience in that sense and going and traveling to, I uh, was at the Dalai Lama um, and putting them in the midst of these things. And that's sort of what led to, I think, Sergeant Pepper's Lonely Hearts Club band and a lot of that very, oh, yeah. you know, all those, this amazing music that may not have happened had it but, not been for you them. just said it so well. You just said it so well, Callum, is like, one of the guys went, let's go to this place. Mm. And we've all been there. Like, oh, you know, but if Callum, if you and I don't go to a particular bar, a kind of genre defining record isn't missed out on. Mm. So, you know, there's not the kind of same like pressure maybe as the Beatles, but like Callum said, if they hadn't gone to that place, we wouldn't have had that album that when I was in year five or whatever, I was like nine, we were learning about the Beatles in music class. And it's like, this is the same thing that you have done when you're choosing to go to the coffee shop, go to see a friend, or this is the inspiration meter. The inspiration meter is not sitting and banging your head against your songs because I'm really sorry, but that's just not how it works for anyone. And for example, like if I can just insert a quick one before I close the kind of topic on this in a way, when I was with Ed Graves at Rainbowwood in Bath, he, he won't mind me saying this, but he was going through somewhat of like a turbulent time, should we say, um, in his private life, which I find incredibly like amusing in some ways. And he won't mind me saying that, but at the same time, he was really kind of struggling with stuff. And what was beautiful is that then when we went to write, I had my perspective, he had his, and he would just say things. Um, he's known to say really funny things. He won't mind me saying it, but I would be stealing one liners from Ed. He would be telling me, he would be kind of opening up to me about what's happening. And he wouldn't mind because he gets the craft. I was like, dude, is it cool if I just write that down? Because that was really good. Mm-hmm. You know, it made him laugh, made him feel a bit better. But then we had a song. We go and write these kind of all these work tapes. That's being aware of how to fill up your inspiration meter. Um, and before I kind of come on to one of the last ones, which I think is really important. Is there anything you wanted to kind of push, pull apart or push into the conversation, Cal? I think also on the note of travel and and experiencing new cultures you know it's really important to there are tons of great communities of like-minded individuals out there and so whether you meet those through traveling and meeting new people that way there are also great communities online that you can meet you know make pop music the six-figure creative or six-figure home studio get involved in the conversation if you're prepared to put yourself out there and meet new people you know it's going to be huge for your inspiration yeah you can Join our songwriting community at, at I Wish I Knew That Pod on Facebook. Start a conversation. It's a massive one, mate. And I think I can't overstate how much make pop music in particular has changed the trajectory of my work and what I'm doing. Mm. Um, yeah, and I've seen it. Oh, yeah. Well, thanks, Jed. I actually had a meeting last night with Hugo here. In, in uh, he's, he's amazing. He won't listen to this because he's not into music. He's a business guy. But he said, you know, just from being a part of this group, he's seen a huge change in me in, in, in a month, you know, in terms of what I'm able to focus on and what I'm able to do. And um, I think only being around amazing people like Julian, my sweet Julian, hmm. um, and a couple of other producers like Jay Putty as well. He started his own thing called The Pitch List. And I really want Jay on the show. He's so, so busy. But he started The Pitch List because he really struggled to get his first sync deals, cuts, whatever you want to call it. But he said, doesn't mean everyone else has to. And at that point, I was in love with Jay from that point. And he's super busy and he's hardworking and he's so generous. But he buys into what Callum and I are trying to build, like like Jody, like Ed, any of these people. They're not trying to guard the information they have. They're trying to give it out and make people's lives 
a bit easier. So we've kind of, we've, we've attacked the inspiration meter in a way that only we can do, which is inaccurately in loads of different stories that hopefully inspire you to go and do your own work. But one last one that I think is really practical. And again, a really, really important friend of mine called Kirk Gross, Master KG, shout out as ever, I love you. And he was the first dude that that kind of sat me down and taught me about writing and got me into different bands like City and Color. And, you know, we talked about it a little bit on the show, but he said something really interesting is because he's this incredible guitarist. He also plays banjo. You give him anything with strings and he'll either be able to pull it apart and remake it or play something amazing. Um, and just to, to get to this, to the point of it is that he talked about something called geared fatigue. He said he was playing a lot on his banjo and then suddenly he switched to something different. Mm can't remember the name of the instrument because the dude is a whiz, but suddenly his gear fatigue, as he put it, and I went, oh, I'm stealing that, Kirk. He was like, go for it. Um, his gear fatigue was gone. And um, even if you want to look at Clay Mills from Songtown, Songtown's amazing. I love Songtown. Um, he talked about, hey, if you're a guitarist, there's options. If you're not inspired by what you're playing, go on a piano. Start producing a little thing. Equally, change the tuning on your guitar if you don't have a piano. He said, there's loads of different ways to overcome what Kirk calls gear fatigue. So if you're sitting at your computer and going, no, 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 oh, no, 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 no. Pick up a piano, call a friend, get a track from someone. I work a lot with tracks. So suddenly when I'm in a room playing acoustic, which I haven't done for too long, or a piano, things fly out. I promise you, they just, they... It's a different part of your brain that's stimulated. It's a different sound you're hearing in the room. All of these things, so important. So gear fatigue, to close out, how you can feel the inspiration meter. And as you can tell, Callum and I, we're overflowing with ideas as to how to do that. So is there anything else you wanted to add, Max? I know I'm always talking and chatting crap. So, One final thing from me would be to be careful of, without trying to put a downer on this episode, Oh yeah. Yeah. Go for it. It would be the wrong sources of inspiration. And to, and do you want to explain that please? Cause it's a good one. Yeah. So we're very good at tricking ourselves, I think as uh, as human beings. And so if you have an addictive personality, I think this can really, you can really be at risk of this. So alcohol, drugs, spending time on YouTube or your phone, um, <laughs> I think just be very careful with anything where you think you might be being inspired, but really you're simply just wasting time. So good. Ever the stoic Callum. And, and it made me think there's a, an incredible neuroscientist and I hope not too many people have gone to sleep there because you, this guy is changing things. He's called Dr. Andrew Huberman. And we've said today, right? There's so many different places you can go and look for inspiration. And Callum's point is just the most key of this because Huberman talks about how we have everything at our fingertips, like our phones, our laptops are like, there's just so much. You could, you could waste your whole life on one topic and never achieve anything. And he says that in the future, what's going to be really important is not necessarily having the information like we talked about with Gary V. It's about not only executing like Gary says, but Huberman says people that can self-regulate. And that is exactly what Callum is saying is you need to be able to self-regulate your time and what you choose to direct it on. I don't think you're going to be doing yourself any favors, popping up in the morning, just scrolling through some crap. Like Callum and I are not talking about that. We're talking about concerted 
and concentrated efforts on the right resources in the right way, but still in a fun way, because it has to be quite natural to really go into your subconscious and give you some some filling up of the well. But I think that's a great point, Callum. And Dr. Andrew Huberman, check it out. Impact Theory with Tom Billiou is, is an incredible kind of hour if you want to think about how to change things um, and get over this hump of social media and wasting your time, like Callum was saying. So mm-hmm. that's a killer one, man. Thank you for that. Yeah, building reliable habits, I think, is key. Yeah. Ooh, exactly. Except building reliable habits. That's incredible. Yeah, it's perfect. And again, we're probably going to dip in and out of Inspiration Meter again through this year, through the future of the show. So don't worry, we're going to come back to it. But those are our kind of like immediate takeaways. And now we have something special. Mm -hmm. This next segment is going to be a combination of things as we go through. But what we want is people to send in their demos. And, you know, it's cool to send in your finished song that's on Spotify. Fine. But we want people's demos. We want people to be at a point where they can still alter this. And like like I say, when I work with people, like, it's nice to hear your finished demos so I can understand you. But I don't want to give you feedback on those unless it's going to help you in future with a particular thing. So this is going to be some feedback. And I have a real, real, real soft spot for this guy. He's called Tom Farley. And I met him through, funnily enough, make pop music like Callum's talking about. And he was kind enough to send us his song called Caught in the Crossfire. And the reason that we're allowing you to listen is because of something that happened. I was working with a client called Tyler, Tyler Thompson, number one fan. We love Tyler. Yeah. And shout out Tyler. We did. Yeah. He's a king. Can't (laughs) wait to meet him in London. Come on. Um, We were doing, I put one of my work tapes into SoundCloud. And what we did in a session was I played it to Tyler and he just listened he just listened after we'd heard it once, maybe twice. Then he used the tools that you're going to hear on the show to explain what he thought we should change about it, which I thought was beautiful. And I thought, Hmm, why don't we do that on the show? Can we try and do that on the show? So listen along. This is Tom Farley caught in the crossfire. Kind enough to donate this song. Love you, Tom. And then we're going to give you some thoughts afterwards. I don't want to be deployed into this mental war And lines are getting clearer Paint a picture of what once was a peaceful time before And now bullets are flying everywhere Flying by but you don't care Your hearts are in warfare Still the battle rages on You say you love me I'm still your son I know Yes or no I'm just caught in the crossfire I 
living nowhere All these fights came from But now I'm numb Cause it's all said and done And where I stand There is no more ground beneath my feet All these aspirations and foundations Are leaving me And now bullets are flying everywhere Flying by but you don't care Your hearts are in warfare And still the battle rages on Say you love me and still your son I know, yes or no I'm just caught in the crossfire Yeah, yeah Yeah, yeah The battle you're fighting just ain't fair You're leaving holes that I repair When your hearts are in warfare And still the battle rages on You rise above it and overcome I know, yes or no I'm just caught in the crossfire Yeah, yeah Hello, and there we go. So that was Tom Farley caught in the crossfire. Again, Tom, thank you so much. Personally, you've been so, so kind and given me a lot of confidence, but also on the show, people are going to love you because you've been brave enough to send in your stuff to kind of have a listen to. Mm. So, like I said, what, what do you think, Adam? Do you want to kick us off? Oh, it was super cashy, mate. And thank you so much for sending it in for us to debunk. And I thought it was great use of the Nashville payoff and lyrical short-term memory. Um, a couple of tools for, to consider perhaps might be some lyrical deep diving. And if you've not already read it, Pat Patterson's writing bit of lyrics is just I, a massive, I think, going to help you. And emotional thesaurus as well, plus word webs. Um, I think it's really, really going to just help you expand on your lyrics and really, really hone in um, in your verses and what you're trying to say caught in the crossfire but mate it was really really catchy exactly and i think i had a lot of love for this when when he kind of still going around in my head yeah exactly because yeah Kala and i listening to it before and and we're both like "Mm, that's catchy we're both singing it you know inadvertently anyway which is cool and so i'll take you back to kind of where i was when i first heard tom's song because as i said i have a relationship with tom and he's very kind but if we're just listening as you guys have because we want you again listen back if you need to but we want you to think in the sense of the tools. If you can just off the bat, cool, you've got feedback, brilliant. But I said to Tom, as soon as I heard the intro, could you hear this kind of wonderfully arranged and beautifully put together folk country band? And what I thought was, oh, this is the Springsteen, this is James Taylor storytelling mm. feel. This is what happens when you put together this beautiful kind of intro. 
And guess what? Sam Fender, he's doing that for us right now as, as the new generation. He's amazing at it. So I thought Tom nailed this. I was really drawn in by the instrumentation and the approach. And the one thing I wanted to say with Tom is like, there's a couple of absolute gems. Like Callum said, you know, what he's done really well is what's called the Nashville payoff. So if you guys are new to the show, what that means is you set up an idea lyrically, as Ralph Murphy would say. And then at the end of the chorus, you've given us caught in the crossfire. So you set up this lyrical idea to be paid off by the phrase caught in the crossfire. And again, exactly like Callum said, lyrical short-term memory, meaning we've hit that caught in the crossfire lyric, brilliant, end of the chorus, nailed it, Tom. And what he's done, which is brilliant too, because he has, he has this beautiful band, is he's gone into an instrumental section and then just used caught in the crossfire and repeated it a few times. And he has a lovely hook as well that, that Callum and I were singing, but calling the crossfire for those of you guys that want to focus on Nashville payoffs, that's where we're sitting, you know, set up science, all that kind of thing. He passed what I like to call the hook test because Callum and I were both going cool and singing the bits. So the earworms were there. All of that was there. And I thought what was really cool. Um, so I want to talk about the lyrics as well, but listen a bandwidth. This one's a bit sticky. Sometimes I bring it up in sessions and people are like, hmm, what does that mean? But think about it. Tom has written this in a way that is designed to be consumed by someone listening, meaning you'll listen intro and that kind of like second half of the intro, which is beautiful. Then he comes in, he keeps his lyrics digestible the way that the, the song is produced again, in terms of listener bandwidth and bringing people along that tightrope, walking down the tightrope with you during your song. He's done that really well. He's left little breadcrumbs, as I like to call it. Adeline actually came up with this. She's really cool. Shout out Adeline. But like, the, there's a tightrope that you're walking along as you listen to someone's song. And if they leave breadcrumbs on there, you want to keep going. You want to buy into their story. And the listener bandwidth is your ability to kind of take in new information. Think of it like there's not enough information. You're going to fall off the tightrope. You're like, oh, I'm not really into it. If there's too much information, you'll be pushed off the tightrope and you're like, I couldn't, I couldn't get hold of that. But what Tom's done really nicely is lead you along through his story. And um, I think it's, it's a great job. And there's a lyric in here that just hit me. And I think if we're talking about deep diving, we're talking about emotional connections in your song. Again, listen through again. I, I encourage you to do so. I've got the benefit of the lyrics in front of me, but listen through again. It talks about leaving holes that I repair. And I was like, Okay, amazing, because he's deep dived here, meaning that his parents in the divorce, again, just for context, Tom told me that this is a song where he talks about being in the middle of his parents' divorce, like being caught in the crossfire of, you know, a lot of people can relate to that in terms of having maybe been through that themselves, but being caught in the crossfire and leaving holes that I repair is like, oh, this is amazing because he's saying as the child in this relationship, and again, the lyrics are really well put together in that sense. These parents are shooting these, shooting, you know, they're shooting at each other. This is the crossfire that he's caught in and they're wounding one another, scoring points, whatever. But Tom is sat there, you know, almost like that medic in uh, Saving Private Ryan, just like trying to put the bandages back on the wounds that he never made himself. And I was like, Tom, that's such a line. And this is the world you want to be dipping into. And exactly like Callum said, there are a few examples in this song for example, 217, leaving holes that I repair, that's deep diving. That's beautifully done. That tells a story. Like I said, I'm almost speaking for two or three minutes on one 
line, which is one, two, three, four. It's five words. Okay, that's what lyrical deep diving is. An amazing job there, Tom. And what Callum's saying is we want that on the rest of the song because I think in terms of tools to consider, because in my sessions, I don't, I don't like bad. I don't like wrong. I don't like anything like that because that's just not how we write good songs. It's not how we learn about writing good songs. Lyrical deep diving. So how do you, Tom, and the listener, and people writing their own songs, because again, Tom's been brave enough to give us this demo. How do you take what you've said just dip it one or two layers deeper. And again, to shout out Ari, yesterday we were in a session and what he did is what he normally does and he, he wrote really beautifully, just out of his head. And we both looked back and went, they're surface lyrics, aren't they, Ari? He went, yeah, yeah, they are. So that's fine. And I think it's a starting point. But then from there, I challenged Ari with a couple of things we work with. I won't bore you with them now to go deeper to just step down, you know, dip your head underwater, like Pat Patterson saying in the deep diving analogy, dip your head underwater. So Tom, how do you take what you've done? Keep the melodies because we like them. Keep the vibe because we love it. How do you just dip down deeper? And the reason I challenge you to do that is because I've seen you do it at 217 with that line. So is there anything else, Cal, that you thought was kind of really cool or maybe consider looking at again? No, mate, I think you've summed that up beautifully. And, um, Hopefully Tom and everyone listening can take away, go back, listen to the song, listen to what James just said there and yeah, use it. Yeah. Cause you know, like I said, I was really glad cause we were on a call with, I was on a call with Tom and not only was he very kind about what Callum and I've been coming up with and that's why I use in my sessions with people. Um, he understood that this is part of the process and if he can offer up his song, Number one, he's going to learn. He's already done it. I've done this session with Tom and he's already taking the stuff and doing it. And he's been kind. He's been recommending people. Because what Callum and I are coming up with is, is a way of thinking about songwriting that I don't think is out there. Could be wrong. But he's also helped you guys because look, he's put a song up. He sent it to us. I wish I knew that pod gmail.com. If you're happy for us, send us the MP3 and we will be very kind. You know, we've not been rude. And I promise you sessions working with Callum or if you're on the show, or you're listening we're not crap people. We try, we try not to be crap people. Sometimes we are crap people, aren't we, Callum? But, um, that's only to, only to each other. Um, and again, there's a bunch of tools that we've talked about and I could sit and talk like I did with Tom for like an hour and a bit about his process and understanding things. But what we want to take away is this song reminded me of something called Little Toy Guns. It's a song by Carrie Underwood and it's a beautiful way of, again, the analogy Tom's talked about of being a child caught in the crossfire of two parents fighting. And I just thought, this is beautiful, Tom. It's a really cool subject matter to be working on. And I said to him, you know, if you're playing this live, right, you drop this about, this is a song about me going through the problems of my parents' divorce, caught in the crossfire. And you're like, oh, mic drop. And then if you do all this work and you rework your demo so that everything's as good as it can be, then this is a song, Tom. And again, just, just thank you from all of us here. And, we love you, Tommy. Number one, number one. Um, so yeah, thank you for that. That's that's going to be part of something we want to do more going forward. And even if it's as simple as a question or you have yeah, something you feel like we haven't covered, that would be amazing because Callum and I are always looking for that. So tool of the day. I'm going to take us away because I love hogging the airwaves here on this show. Callum does all the, all the hard work and the editing and dealing with all my crap. So 
but I'm going to hog the airways for a second and do again a new segment, tool of the day. We've had song of the day, tool of the day. Yeah, so this is something. <laughs> oh, yeah, he's heckling me. This is something I've been working on. Again, Ari is the first person I did it with in a session. But then I took that to work with Maria. I did it with Adeline. And I'm doing it also myself. I'm trying to work on this. It's called a free writing template. And the best way to describe it is if I take you into the session with Ari we had last week. It was a blank page in a Google document. This is all stuff you can do yourself. And I had free writing. It's all I put. And if you're a fan of Tim Ferriss or any of the kind of professionals that talk about script writing, screenwriting, novelists, they do what's called morning pages where they just get up and they write. They don't think about it. And what Ari was doing was very clever guy, very capable. I said, Ari, you've just got to forget everything right now. You've got to focus on the creative drive. Don't worry about your spelling. Don't worry about your punctuation. Don't worry about it making sense. Just write. This is the free writing template. And it's something I suggest you do if you're struggling with your inspiration, but you've got to write a song, fill it up. Just think, okay, right, cool. I don't even think. That's the wrong word. And I was watching Ari as he wrote, and I was like, this is beautiful. Because he's coming to things that he wouldn't normally say because you're not checking yourself, thinking, like we said, oh, can I write this? Does this make sense? No, you're just going bang, 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 bang. I think yeah. he filled half a page, full page. Some people do a little bit less. But with Maria, she kind of, she wrote two lines and went, I'm stuck. That's a bad <laughs> express. Sorry, again. Um, but I was like, no way you stuck. And suddenly we went through this process of her going like, oh. And then she did a whole page. I was like, it's in there. It's in there. And free writing is really important for that aspect is that think of it like having all of the ingredients ready for this beautiful dish. If you just start trying to cook on the plate, which is what we're doing when we're just trying to write songs straight into our verse structure of 12 syllables or everything like that you're just really crowding the creative out and i think if you can free write and you can just go like okay bang and write a damn novel about this subject right to the point where suddenly you've written so much information that it's no longer relevant you're like that's the limit okay that's a new song now but if you can write and write and write and write, write so much detail and giving yourself all this stuff to stuff into your subconscious come in behind and prime your subconscious like we talked about that's what free writing's about. And I found with Maria, with Adeline, with Ari, they suddenly had so much to write about. Their inspiration meter was full, even if it was challenging because we were looking at also trying to do deep diving down through those layers. They had a lot to draw from. They weren't sitting and going, hmm. You know, they weren't at that point. They were like, oh, suddenly I've got too much. Suddenly there's too much I want to add. And when you have too much, that's what I call a positive pressure in songwriting because you've got too much great stuff you want to put in that creates really cool, deep-dived lyrics. So that's your whirlwind. Again, if you want to know more, composingcoach.com, hit me up. I wish I knew that about, I wish I knew that pod at gmail.com. Hit us up, be in contact, be part of this because we want to share these things because I get a huge amount of joy, not necessarily in what I achieved myself, but I've found working with Tom, Ari, anyone, um, I get a bit emotional because I see people like Ari, who had this incredible session yesterday, is a wonderful songwriter. He's out there, he's doing stuff, you can find him. But he said, like, this has opened a completely new door in my head and suddenly I'm writing this amazing stuff and you could see this guy just enjoying it again. Um, that's what we want. So free writing template. Damn, I've bored Callum. I love boring Callum. <laughs> Taking under the airwaves. Yeah, so 
that's the tool of the day. Well, actually, you've given me another thought. If you're not looking for something maybe so in-depth, just like a really, really quick thing you can do every morning to try and give you, kickstart your inspiration, start getting you writing um, regularly, um, something that we might dive into deep, deeper later on in the show is object writing. And so literally just take an object, sit down with a piece of pa- uh, paper and a pen and take an object. It can be anything, a tree, a bird, um, a puddle, and just set the timer for 10 minutes and write. Nice. You know, again, don't worry about spelling. Don't worry about whether it makes sense. Just write. And do that consistently as often as you can, because you'll find your writing will start to improve. Perfect. No, that's great, that's great man. Sorry, I always, I'm always stepping on it because I really love what you say. You always bring such, um, even, um, you know, I've written, I don't know how many songs this year already. And it's like, okay, if I'm suddenly not enjoying what I'm doing, it's probably because I'm turning it into too much of like a, I kind of kind of saying is like there's too many constrictions on my creativity or you know if I can sit back and just go like oh it doesn't matter I'm just gonna write like that is something that even on this show where we pretend to know and pretend to have the answers we really don't we're just talking about how we've got over problems that we've had and like Jay's saying you know we don't feel like people should suffer to learn about songwriting this show is free and we love meeting people and talking to you and every time we hear it's cool. Like, you know, Callum and I will just exchange messages every time someone says they've enjoyed the show or of course that's ego stroking. But what we love most is when someone says they found it helpful, found it practical, it helped their songwriting. It's like, that is, um, that's soul food for Callum and I. So to close it out, Master Callum has got some homework for you. Yes. So your homework this week is to go and join a community. Oh, if you're not already part of one. Find a community that you enjoy. Again, it could be make pop music. It could be um, what we've talked about on the show. It could be our community at I Wish I Knew That Pod on Facebook or Instagram. Just join the conversation, get involved. Um, and if that is a bit too much for you, um, which you don't feel like you're quite there yet, watch some documentaries about the people that inspire you most. Um, Great point. As a launch, you know, go and watch the Get Back documentary about the Beatles. Um, if you're into soul um, or Motown music, go and watch Hitsville, um, the making of Motown, Muscle Shoals. Um, there are so many, the Defiant ones on Netflix, so many just great documentaries out there about music and amazing people that is, it's just bound to kickstart, you know. Something. <laughs> something. That's the point, isn't it, today? Light a fire. And that is such good advice from Callum and shout out if you've got a Disney plus login that I can, I can borrow because I, I've been trying to find it. I might have to hit a few people up, but also Callum makes a good point is not everyone is obnoxious like me and arrogant like me and can roll into a group on Facebook and be like, yo, this is what I do and meet loads of people. So to those people, I would say what Callum is saying, you know, go and find what's specific and appropriate to you right now. But equally, it's free to join, make pop music. So go on Facebook, head on in there. I think there's a very small kind of like form to fill out and really don't worry about it because you're going to get let in and you're going to meet great people and just sit. There's a bunch of people on there. There's 29,000 people. There's very few that actually come to the front. Just go in there, join and sit and watch what's happening because you're going to see, oh, well, that's me or I'm learning this. 
So if you are a bit timid, cool, but go and find these people and um, be a part of ours. Come and say hello. Tag us. Shout out. We'll be there. We'll come and find you. So shout out to your homework. Ooh. Shout out to Austin Howe. Hopefully one day we can get him on the show. King. Oh, Austin would be amazing. That's actually how. Okay. So his two podcasts. Yeah. The Six Figure Creative is the reason why I can pay my rent. I'll be completely honest. And Austin Hull, who was interviewed on that show mm. and the reason why I joined Make Pop Music and the reason why I can pay my rent and I'm learning and meeting wonderful people is literally due to joining that community. So I would, I can't put enough value on joining that thing. And yes, there's a few days where I'm a bit low and like, oh, I haven't done anything today or, but the wonderful people that I meet in there, it's so worth it. So welcome to the new year, the new show. Thank you so much. As ever, we love to ramble and be nerdy and talk about songwriting. And actually I've found that there's a bunch of people out there that also love to get nerdy while they're at work and got people like working for the government we've got people on the train we've got people running around and listening to our shows so like i couldn't be any happier i think that it's reaching people so thank you very much true that and we'll speak to you next time peace to find out more about us and to get in touch please head over to i wish i knew that pod on instagram and don't forget to join the conversation on our facebook community please also remember to email your questions about songwriting to i wish i knew that pod at gmail.com and we will answer these on our upcoming episodes. Also, if you know someone who would benefit from this, we would really love it if you could give it a share or subscribe on whatever platform you're listening on. And Jamie and I will talk to you on the next episode.